Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today we are doing something that we've never done before. We're talking to a single father who may also be known from the show The Connors on ABC, formerly known as Roseanne, Michael Fishman. I'm so excited to hear about the new season of the show and how he handles being a single father because most of you know that I am now officially going to be a single mother because Evan and I are getting a divorce. So sorry, 2020 was bad in other ways as well, but 2021 is a new year. And I am just, I'm just going to try to look on the bright side of things from now on. That's where I'm at in 2021. Yeah, I think that's a great headspace to be in. You know, we're all here for you, Carly. Like, you have obviously you have my my support. You have our listeners' support. I've seen so many positive comments towards you on our Facebook, and um, we all have your back, girl. And we totally respect your privacy and what you want to share when you want to share and everything like that. But we're here to support you through everything. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I really can't like share anything right now. Um, It's obviously like a really delicate situation. You know, I, um, I've said a little bit like on my YouTube, but you know, honestly, it's just hard. Like there's lots of people involved. There's lots of family involved. You know, it's a, it's just a tough transition. And it's like, I've stopped like being really sad, which I think is good. But what makes me really sad is just like how much Bella, like misses having her dad around you know that Mm. makes me really sad yeah so the only time I go into the sad place anymore really is kind of then and she's you know it's a tough transition for her because she just she has a lot of feelings because she's a toddler but also she just you know if I say lately like Bella why are you so upset like I'm used to hearing you know mommy I'm hungry or whatever and lately it's been like I just really miss daddy Mm -hmm. and so that's like it's just really hard because, you know, you sit there and you're like, I understand. I'm so sorry you feel that way, you know, like, but there's not really anything you can do. He takes the kids now overnight every other weekend, Friday night and Saturday night. And then he sees them the other week on Wednesday night for dinner. So, so she's obviously like seeing him and everything, but yeah. it's just like, she she's used to more. So that's hard. And, you know, it's just there's just like a lot of transitions and I mean, a lot of transitions for me too. So I can't really say anything about the specifics, although other than like, we're just getting through it and each day is kind of a new day. And honestly, like I do feel thankful that it's a new year because I feel like it kind of, it kind of inspires hope and uh, newness and sort of like, I mean, I gosh, it's like a new goals, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, I kind of have to like leave last year behind this happened at the end of last year. And I do want, I'm going to keep living. So my life is going to look very different. And you guys are going to hear like a lot of how that's going to be different, obviously through this podcast. But yeah, I'm just trying to like be positive. I actually, right before we started this podcast today, I had a zoom with my new co-writers for some music and a new producer and I'm going to be writing music again and doing things for myself again that I haven't done in a really long time. I got a sitter that comes twice a week. So I'm going to be focusing 
on myself and like making myself happy and doing things I've missed. And yeah, that's, that's really kind of where I'm at. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I think that's really good, especially um, the music, because I feel like that could probably be really healing for you because I believe music is oh, healing. So totally. I mean, obviously you're going through a lot and it is like, I feel like divorce is a little bit of a grieving process. You know, it's kind of, it is a new beginning. And so it, grief is not linear. So I'm sure you'll be going through the ups and downs still, but, um, I love that yeah, you are just definitely a daily. Yeah. And that's totally thing. normal. That's completely normal. Anyone would feel that way. Um, no matter how their relationship was, I think it's great that you're, you're able to see a little bit of the silver lining, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. And I'm excited that it's a new year and that I can kind of like just try to just release that yeah, as much as I can. That's beautiful, actually. So yeah, I'm excited about this new year because I feel like I'm finally doing things for myself again, you know, kind of getting back in that entertainment industry I was like in before, <laughs> you know, before motherhood, I guess. I guess I had that lullaby album, but that's not, I mean, it counts, but it like kind of doesn't count. It but, totally um, counts. Well, so give yourself you. credit, but it counts. Listen, <laughs> but um, I'm excited today because speaking of the entertainment industry, we have Michael Fishman on who is on the Connors on ABC, which is a fantastic show. And he's a single dad. And honestly, like I could use the advice <laughs> right now while I'm trying to figure out how to do this whole single parent thing. So I guess let's take a break, hear from some of our sponsors, and then we can connect with Michael. What do you think? Yeah. Okay, so we were just talking about something that I feel like definitely will we can bond on. So this is obviously a mom podcast, but I think oftentimes single fathers get overlooked. We also talk a lot about family and like parents that are together. I'm currently, my husband just filed for divorce. So I am now a single mother. I'm wondering like, how do you do it? And how do you see the positive and you have beautiful children and how, how do you always see the silver lining? Well, let me start by saying, I'm very sorry. Thank it, you. It, it, it's a, it's a real transition and they're all different. So no one can tell you how to feel and nobody can tell you at what pace to go through any of it. So work through it at your pace. The one advantage I had is my kids were older, mm -hmm. which I think helped a little bit from the standpoint of my kids were old enough that we just basically had a family meeting. My ex-wife was very clear about what she wanted. And I was very clear about, I only asked for one thing, uh, which was my daughter. And, wow. um, so, and my son was an adult, so it was okay. a non-issue. You navigate it all individually. Hopefully everybody is as cordial as possible. You know, in our case, we literally just went to the courthouse together as a family, filed all the paperwork together. Everybody, wow. everybody agreed on everything. Yeah. They said they'd never seen it before. <laughs> there was a lot of people, there's a lot of people who lost That's a really bet amazing. that day. <laughs> and ironically, we went out to dinner as a family afterwards and we went out to breakfast the next day, but it depends on what your reason is behind it and where everybody stands. And I would tell you, it doesn't always stay that easy. You know, she's remarried and has three stepkids and has moved out of state. So I have been a single dad raising a teenage daughter who just turned 18. Oh my goodness. 
Um, Bless you. <laughs> so, and and I'm smart enough to know not to claim that I'm doing it all right because I, yeah. my kids will tell me that I'm blowing it pretty often. Um, so I have a 21 year old, an 18 year old, and then I I had I have two kids that I essentially adopted. One is 23, and one would have been 19. Who passed away earlier this year? Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, it was a real shock. What I will tell you is navigating divorce. The first part is just love on your kids. You know, your kids are going to go through this transition period, and it doesn't really matter what age. It's a tough transition, and every kid will deal with it a little different. You just got to love on them and listen to them, and just be a great mom, which I'm sure you're already doing because that was your first concern and the first thing you asked me. So your heart is in the right place. And then I think you have an advantage because you guys do a show where you guys talk about all of these things. So you already have somebody built in as a support structure to talk some of it out with. That is very true. One of the benefits, I think, to having a platform, even though you don't really realize it, you have like a lot of people out there that are kind of like your friends that you don't yeah, really know. And then all those people are, yeah, they're sending you messages saying, I'm going through the same thing. Thank you for speaking your truth. I noticed on your Instagram, you do like a, is it called Mental Health Monday or? Yep, Mental Health Monday. And then we do like mental Thursday health thoughts. Monday. Yeah. That, it's so amazing. Can you explain like what was the motivation behind doing all, like having your platform be a lot about mental health? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It, it worked out that way more than I, I set out. I think what you just said is really accurate is I've always tried to use my social media to be communicative and social with people. And I think you find a lot of good people along the way. You'll, you'll find a few, a few trolls along the way, oh, yes. but for the most. Oh, yeah, you'll find those. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll rephrase that. They find you and then you find the good people. Through. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's true. And And so... It started with some, doing some lives and doing some communication because I was getting a lot of messages, especially after the passing of my son. And there were a lot of people who over the course of the last year have talked to me about their divorce or people that I knew who had come and been in the audience at filmings of the Connors who had had interaction with me and then were sending me messages. And I, I, you know, I, I try to be open and I try to be a listening person. And I always warn everybody that I'm not qualified to give them advice. I don't even play a doctor on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, what it came from was really listening to people and mm -hmm. with the pandemic and everything that's going on, but also just life, I think mental health is a huge issue and, and people in my life, um, really have always talked about mental health. So, uh, you know, it, it's the advantage of that, then the process of grieving. So that's kind of what gave rise to Mental Health Monday. And then Thursday, I was kind of doing a secondary one because the community of people was asking me and saying, hey, you know, it's a long time between Monday to Monday. So Thursday became, kind of became a more open forum where it doesn't have a set guideline like today we'll probably talk a lot about the stuff that's gone on you know in the nation's capital in the in the last yeah. couple of days and oh my gosh you know yes. it's a sounding board and and what i found is exactly what you said is if you use your platform right there's a beautiful community of people who are largely like-minded and have good intentions and you have to weed through some of the mess that comes with it but they're amazingly beautiful and I think we're all teaching each other. And I think that's the best thing you can do. 
Yeah, I think that's really cool of you because I commend you because as somebody who um, a lot of people probably look up to and they see you on TV and you're kind of, you know, you have this celebrity status is that you're kind of taking down this veil of this public image and you're showing people the real parts of you and it's showing people that they're not alone. And unfortunately, like you said, in this pandemic, depression is higher, anxiety is higher, suicide is higher. And so for somebody like you to just be like, hey, let's gather here today and let's talk about how are you feeling? I think it's just really powerful. So thank you for doing that. Uh, no, it, it's, it's really been my honor. And people have come on and shared the most incredible stories. You know, I have two domestic violence survivors that I talk to weekly that I'm talking mm -hmm. to frequently who came on and kind of shared their stories uh, unintentionally. I think they just kind of opened up. I had um, a young trans woman who's a creative person come on and ask me a bunch of questions about representation and things like that and, and kind of opening up that field of, of information and perspective. And then, you know, I, you know, there's a number of moms who their families have kind of in if pardon the the wording is in their minds fell apart in the last two to three years mm -hmm. yeah and now they're kind of reshaping that and rebuilding that and it's nice for them to hear from somebody that it sounds like you're being a great mom or it sounds like you know you guys have the right outlook or some people in the community have found support for them or ways for them to really you know build new portions of their life and learn new skills. And I, I think that's the beauty of what social media can be is if we use it right, we have this advantage of we can connect with people all over the world and learn so much from people if we're willing to listen and, and be a little vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. that's absolutely true. Being vulnerable is definitely so hard, but that's like where all the beauty comes out and all the light comes out, which I feel like if people just let themselves be vulnerable ever, they would just grow so much, but it is, it is so hard. <laughs> no, it is hard and it, and it takes a lot. And this is something we've talked about in one of them is, you know, it's hard to act loving or feel lovable when the world or your life has taught you that you're unlovable. Mm. And, and some of these deep conversations yeah. come out of these messages that they send me and it's like, I think it's easier for us to celebrate somebody else's success a lot of times. I think we're so busy fighting our battles. We often don't give ourselves enough credit. I think we're too close to the source. So mm -hmm. I try to be very honest about, I try to be positive. I try to highlight the things that I think are good in the world. Um, but I'm very honest about the fact that I struggle at times or that life is not easy and that there's things to overcome. And, you know, I'm kind of an optimist as a whole, but, you know, I feel it's important to be honest. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so you lost, you lost your adopted son uh, to an overdose. How did, how did that shake your family and how did you guide your children kind of through that grief? Um, if you don't mind me asking just for anyone who's out there listening who may be trying to navigate something similar. Well, the first part is, I don't think you ever totally navigate through it. I think mm -hmm. we're still navigating through it every day. Um, there are subtle things that hit you. Um, you know, and I, my, my oldest daughter, it was her brother and she made these dog tags that we kind of wear as a remembrance and something that reminds us 
for me, it's about valuing him and making sure people realize, you know, have these conversations with your kids, have these conversations with your families, because it wasn't like it was a big prolonged thing. It was a combination of trying the wrong things from the wrong person. And it was so sudden and it was really shocking. And I, you know, I hadn't come into his life as long as, you know, as I wish I had, I didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do with him. And I think it's really important that people, I'm a huge believer in the value of time and time is the most valuable thing we have and not wasting it. And so I think for people, if you don't have something like this, that you're going through value the time because you don't know what can happen. And then for people who are going through it, accept that grieving is a process and that you're not going to always do it right. And for my kids, what I try to model is loving and missing and having that pain, but continuing to do positive work and to have it motivate you for something positive. My oldest daughter is a filmmaker and wants to shed light on, you know, my my son who passed away was in the foster care system had been and was just about to age out. And there's a lot of gaps in that system. And so it's one of her missions. And so my job is to help empower her and for us to make projects and opportunities where we can acknowledge him and celebrate him and really uphold his honor because for us, he's always a part of us. And then dealing with that pain in that way is trying to fuel something positive from it. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> um, I feel like I feel like that's such a great lesson to, I guess not teach, but just to speak about because a lot of the times the hard things that we go through, we can honor or celebrate whatever that thing may have been by taking on a passion and letting them live through that. So I think that's, I think that's really beautiful. It was hard. You know, it, it's not the kind of thing that I normally would have talked about. I've been pretty, yeah. for most of my career, I was pretty quiet, pretty private about my private life, especially when I had kids. I even stepped away from the business a little because I wanted my kids to have a very normal early childhood. I didn't realize how hard it would be to rebuild. At this point, you know, one of the things, I, if I could help one family have the conversation, if if this pain can motivate one person or, you know, I've talked to a couple of people who have quit their addictions, who one of them talked to me about listening to me dealing with grief and that that was kind of the wake up call. So if one person finds a better path or deals with it a little better than it was worth sharing. Yeah. Agreed. Hey, Michael, we need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. One thing I also wanted to ask you about your career was, so you, I mean, you grew up as a child on TV. How has that affected the way that you've lived your life? I mean, you grew up famous. Yeah. I, like I joke. I probably was, don't fully know. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, I it's guess funny that's true. is, is I kind of don't know another way. Like I've never had a private life. Um, yeah. and so it's funny. I think for most people, that's overwhelming and can be suffocating in some ways. I think for me, I l- always loved what I did. I chose to start auditioning. And right out the gate, I got Roseanne. And that was a nine-year 
experience and we were the number one show and oh i loved roseanne i'm very proud of it you know it's it's a really amazing thing to have been part of but it also launched i mean it was controversial it was mm-hmm, um sure. it was i mean i'm gonna be honest we were not allowed to <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean i haven't as an adult but we were not allowed to watch it <laughs> and you're you weren't alone and there was a lot of controversy surrounding it and you know the national anthem you know i grew up with bomb scares and death threats and i was a huge pr person i had to go out and and really tackle some of these big issues head on seven, eight, nine years old. And, oh my goodness. and people were not kind because they were trying to make their career. And, you know, we used to joke the mm-hmm. PR guy who trained me, uh, James Anderson, used to joke, he, he'd say they can only be so mean to you for so long before they're going to look dumb trying to beat up on a 10 year old. Right. And I used to laugh <laughs> and I'd go, I go, yeah, but I got to get to that point. Right. Like I have to uh... navigate the the difficult portion and the tribulation of that. But you know what? It made me really strong. And what it made me do is realize you can use your voice for such positivity if that's your objective and that what we do provides us a beautiful opportunity. It's work and there are hard moments. And I've been on a lot of different sets over the years and I've, I've watched people behave badly and I've, I've watched abuse happen and I've, stood up for a lot of people along the way because that's the benefit of having started early and had success early is it helps you get a voice early and i've used mine man and 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 it's cost me and it's cost me some work along the way and it cost me some time sometimes but those are small sacrifices in comparison to the people who are experiencing whatever's going on so you know the big advocacy for me is i'm a big believer in representation and inclusion i want the sets and the projects that I work on, a lot of the leads are minority characters or perspectives that you haven't really heard a lot from. And we push really hard to have a set that looks a lot like society because I believe the more we include each other, the more likely we're going to produce something that represents society and connect with people on a visceral level. I love that you use the word visceral because that's how I feel like Roseanne was and now how the Connors is. It's something that people can relate to and it's a sitcom and they can still sit down and laugh, but there's also this visceral side to it. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing. And I think that was the greatest gift. I mean, I didn't just grow up working in the business. I worked on something that was really layered and complex and we tackled huge social issues. So it really made me aware and an advocate and it made me uniquely aware of the beauty of what we get to do. So this business can be truly beautiful when we do it right. I think uh, you just have to kind of let the ego stay in check and, and be mindful of what your mission is with what you're doing. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, I think that's why, like with this podcast, we love it so much because we feel like we have a mission to like speak up for, I mean, moms, dads, we, you know, we don't really get heard the way that we want to be heard. We kind of are just seen as these people that like take care of these kids. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's you like, know, day to day. Yeah. And it's talking and about here. Topics. We have like a community for yeah topics that matter. And these moms coming forward being like, here's let me state my truth. And we're like, Oh my gosh, we're there with you. It's huge. I, you know, for me, my, my ex-wife was a stay at home mom. And I was always frustrated by the number of people who didn't value or respect that in the way I felt was appropriate because I, I'm a huge believer 
there's no break when you're a stay-at-home mom, right? Like there's no there's no break. There, there's no time off, and you are shaping the future not just of your family but of your community, your country, you know, the world in many ways. Because your kids are going to go out and they're going to interact with people every single day and have reverberations that go out into the world. I think we have lost a little bit of our concept of how important parenting is as we've looked at the financial aspects of being a breadwinner or being an entrepreneur. I certainly see the value in those things, but I tell people all the time, I have so many projects I'm building, so many shows I'm making, but my most important role is always going to be dad. Mm -hmm. And it's adopting these kids that wasn't something that I, I planned so far ahead. They kind of came into my life. And when, when my oldest Camille came into my life, we had a conversation and she actually asked me, she said, you know, I've never had a dad and you function like this. And I'm watching what you do with Aaron and Isabel. I need help like this. I need guidance like this. And I'm like, you better know what you're asking me. Cause I, I can be a hard ass. <laughs> I said, so <laughs> I said, so you better know. Cause I like, I only know one way to do it is I'm all in. And if I'm all in, it means I'm going to ask you questions you may not like, and I'm going to push you to be the best version of you. And there'll be days we won't agree and you have to live your life, but there's going to be times I'm going to ask you to do things and I'm going to expect you to be a family member. It's not just, hey, I'm your dad and we're going to go hang out. It's not all the fun stuff. It's, it's the practical stuff too. Can I just say how amazing that is? Because that just means that your communication with your family is so open for every single topic. I feel like I kind of come from a family that we just like didn't talk about everything. And I'm trying to, in my family, incorporate what you're doing, which is, you know, when my kids are older, I'm planning on having every single conversation that needs to be had. And there's, I don't know, that's just awesome to me that you can, you are doing that and you... And you are teaching your children that that's the way to go through life is with open communication, complete. Yeah, I, I didn't totally come from a family like that either. And it, I did learn some of that at work, I think. Um, and, I, and I did take aspects of what we did on the show and took the parts I liked. What I, I've always been a firm believer in, I try really hard to learn from everybody else. I see the best in people and I try to take and learn from the best in people. And then if you have flaws or you do bad things, I try to leave that where it is and you, you, you deal with that part of it. So with my kids, I'm maybe too direct. Like we talk about everything and I am, but I have always believed it's better for me to give you all the information and for you to later say, man, I, I didn't need to know everything or, or I, I, you know, Hey, you know, now that I look at it, I think I wish you had done X, but at least you had a voice in what was done. Yeah. And you had a voice in what we decided. Like, you know, I'll go back to the divorce. I mean, we literally sat down and had a family meeting and I kind of was the last one to know in a really embarrassing way. Like it's one of the times where I can tell you I was kind of naive. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of an astute guy, but I was so busy trying to make everything work that by the time we had the conversation, my kids kind of had said, well, we kind of thought you guys might get a divorce like a year and a half ago. We've talked about this. Wow. And then it was like, okay, well, everything's on the table. How do you guys feel? What do you want it to look like? You know, and, and with my ex-wife, I literally said, you know, 
what is it that you want? What is, what will make you happy? What does it look like going forward for you? Because at the end of the day, that's what I wanted is I want a healthy, happy family. I can't claim that we do it perfect and I can't claim that it all worked out perfect. But I think the one thing my kids will always be able to say is they knew exactly what was going on. They always had an open dialogue. And it means I have to have a lot of conversations that I'm not looking forward to. You know, when your 18-year-old wants to come talk to you about boys, ah. you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing that makes a dad more terrified than an 18-year-old young woman. Because in that moment, she's not just my daughter. She's a young woman going out in the world. And I'm going, right. I can't believe I'm having this conversation. But okay. And, and she's like, you know, at times she looks at me, she goes, I can't believe we're talking about this. I go, me either. It's as uncomfortable for me as it is for you, but <laughs> oh my God. we have to be honest uh, and I'm yeah. here. And, and as a single dad in that scenario, it's important for me to be open. Even if afterwards I have to like go in my room and run around like a little kid for a few minutes and be like, Oh, I can't, I, 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 I can't handle it. But like in that moment I have to handle it. I don't, I don't get a choice. And then also making sure that there are good, strong women in her life that she can go talk to because not everything do you want to tell your dad. Yeah. And there's not, I mean, you're not a woman, so you nope. don't have the answers to everything. No. So she would definitely need to direct <laughs> yes. her somewhere. Yeah, I, She can call us. <laughs> okay. Well, good, because I may add you to the list because for me, I'm very aware that I've never been a woman. Uh, I don't fully understand everything. And there are things that while I may want to understand or be supportive in, sometimes I'm not best suited to be the answer for that question. Which is actually just so amazing that you're aware of that because I feel like lots of people could think the opposite. They could think, well, I, I could fake it or I have the answers or whatever. And to know like, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Well, and I think as uh, someone who has been an 18-year-old girl <laughs> or young woman, <laughs> oh dear, at that time in my life, like I didn't have that relationship with my my parents, both my mother and my father. And at that age, there's a lot of confusion. You're trying to figure out who you are and you have a lot of life choices that you're making on your own. And even if you didn't, if you don't have the answers, just being there is like, it's huge. It's just huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the one thing my kids uh, will never be able to claim is I'm always all in. And I tell them all the time. And as they've gotten older, I've, I, I use this analogy. So I'm like, look, you're driving your car, but I'm in the passenger seat. And there are certain streets I know are dead in, so we can skip wasting time. You can still drive down them if you want. But <laughs> if I can save you making a wrong turn, at least yeah. you get the benefit of my knowledge. And when you struggle and when you fail it's okay. Let's learn from it. And I'm here. And again, I know I'm not doing it all right. And I'm not always as patient as I want to be. I, I mess up. And I think that's the other part as a parent is saying, Hey, I think I was too hard today. Or, Hey, I, I, I don't know if I did this right. Let's talk about it. Yeah. That's also huge to admit you're wrong to your children. I mean, the other day, I know she's only three years old, but I was like, Bella, I'm really sorry. I was I wasn't very nice today. I wasn't very patient. And she was like, it's okay, mommy. Some days you're, some days you're unhappy. Some days you're happy. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. And, but, like, but then your heart also melts. Cause then you're like, Oh, I, I feel know. terrible. Right. Like, like, you go, Oh, my kid so just told true. me it's okay. And I was just like, Oh I no. Know. 
She's so wise. And um, and I coach other people's kids. I've for 20 years I've been a coach and I work with all these kids and a lot of times I'm the guy that people come to and say, "Hey, I'm having this problem." Or you know, there were people who had to stay with us for extended periods of time because their families fell apart. And for me to be able to be that support structure, you know, even if it's for a day to be somebody that they can trust, you know, look, life's tough as it is. I was lucky because a lot of the people I worked with on the crew, good, bad, or indifferent, whoever they were, they gave me a lot of their best Mm -hmm. and I benefited from their knowledge. I feel like you're an old soul. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, I might be ancient. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just feel like you're very self-aware and I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like you have just a very like good knowledge of yourself that you're able and you understand these things that you're able to share them with others. I don't know. Yeah, I, I try really hard to be open, being loving, being kind. And I think that's not something you hear a lot of men say. Um, you know, and I, yeah. listen, I can be masculine and strong and all of the things I need to be. But if I really want to be strong and powerful and supportive and loving in a family, I need to know how to nurture and do those things too. And I think that's one of the places we kind of mess yeah, it up. For sure. You know, having coached a lot of young young men, I was a high school coach for the better part of 10 years. Man, they they need you to have the moment where you can let the guard down as much mm-hmm. as they need you to push and be tough. Yeah. As a, as a mom of two young boys, I so appreciate that you're able to show that side of you because it is so important. I want my boys to grow up knowing that they can't, like you said, you can be strong and you can have this masculine side, but you can feel your whole range of emotions. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I used to work construction for a long time. And, you know, in that field, there were even times when people got hurt and they would be like, man, he just takes care of people. And, And I'm okay with being known that way. And, you know, it's just different sides of your personality and and how vulnerable you can be. It depends on who you're with. And that's the beauty of good relationships is be your most authentic. You should be authentic at home because your kids should know who you are. Yeah, I love that. That's very good. That's 2021 right there. Be authentic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so, so much, Michael, for coming on, being so open talking to us about, I mean, everything. We so appreciate you. Also, congratulations on the Connor's success. You deserve it. Thank you. And then I was going to ask you, can you tell everyone what your social media handle is uh, so they can um, come and, and check out Mental Health Monday and uh, your Thursdays? Yeah. Uh, the easiest way is Real M. Fishman, R-E-E-L-M, Fishman, like my last name. You can get me on pretty much every social media there. I do a podcast to celebrate the people who work behind the scenes at Fish's Call Sheet. So you can find that across social media. And then so cool. I'm building two charities, one with my youngest daughter, which is an environmental charity, and then one with my writing partner, which is a community outreach to also help people get the skills they need to move into the entertainment industry, particularly underprivileged and, and people from underrepresented backgrounds. So my job is to kind of pay it forward. And one thing I will say to both of you is now you have my contact information. If you need something, as you go through these transitions and these processes, I can't claim I know it all, but I at least have older kids. So it means I've made enough mistakes to make it long (laughs) enough. (laughs) 
my gosh. Thank you. That You're so kind. Thank you so much. I know. You're a true dad hero right now. <laughs> well, let's not make me a hero because I mess it up plenty. At least it, the one thing I'll say is I, I'm smart enough to know that I, I should not label myself for anything other than hardworking and consistently showing up. Well, that's, I mean, that is really, that is one thing. If you can teach that to your children, they will be for sure successful. That's huge. Well, thank you so, so, so much for being with us. We so appreciate you being on. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, I really appreciate that whole conversation because Michael, who is obviously a huge celebrity, he's had success since he was a child. He is someone who really doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us his private life and to share all that. And um, for him to be so vulnerable and even the way he was talking to you, Carly, like the things he was sharing about so his, nice. his divorce and how he's yeah. helped his children through it and how he worked through it and how they're still kind of, you know, just everything is, it's just really cool to see people who have like people looking up to them as a celebrity show those sides because it gives people permission to show those sides of themselves as well. Absolutely. Also, can I just say like, what a mature divorce conversation that was that he had with his family. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, that's why I was like, you're an old soul because to handle that very maturely because I know everybody wants to handle divorce that way and it doesn't always end up that way. Like things can get ugly very quickly um, in those sort of situations. So that, (laughs) I mean, that is, that's pretty (laughs) crazy that he was like, yeah, we, we were, we were cool about it. We went to breakfast the next morning. I mean, what? <laughs> and my brain's like exploding a little bit. But like, I was like, wow, that would be nice. You know, it's so funny because I feel like when you know somebody was like a child star, it could go like two different ways. Sure. <laughs> you know? And so I almost was like, I'm, I don't know what I'm expecting. And then when I went to his Instagram and saw mm-hmm. what a good human he is and how he is just basically trying to heal the world through his voice and bring other people's voices to light. I was like, okay, he came through this. Well, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, like he said, he, I think he's always tried to look at like positive sides of everything. And it sounds like he had good people in his corner when he was younger. Yeah, It really does. Which I think is, I think which is kind of everything when you're a child star is having the good people in your corner. Um, Which also means that that the people who worked on that show I mean, the whole family of people, the cast included, but also like the crew and everybody, they must have and still are probably just like a good crew. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, well, that was really cool. I, uh, you know, I was nervous today because I was like, oh, gosh, I'm talking to a single dad and like, am I going to start crying? (laughs) But I made it through and I honestly like feel he made me feel like a lot better than I felt this morning going into this conversation. So thank you to Michael. And also thank you guys for listening. You guys really are the best. We appreciate you and love you. And thanks for hanging. New year, new exciting ventures ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys. 